Hey family, on this episode, I get to sit down with Jeff and Stephen. Stephen McKay is the founder and president of Old Town Cellars, or OTC. Located in Main Street in historical Park City, Utah, Old Town Cellars is one of the coolest wine blenderies here in Utah. They use superior wine and make rare blends that you can't get anywhere else. Luckily, Jeff Bong, one of my dear friends, happened to sit in on this conversation and help me figure out what's going on with Old Town Cellars. So, I hope you guys enjoy. Listening to the Tastemasters, where we sit down and learn from artists within the world of craft beer, liquor, and various fermentation techniques. Alright, family, here we are in the house of Park City. I'm in Park City. It's cold, wintry. It's beautiful though. And I'm here with one of my dear friends, Mr. Jeff Bunk. Hello there. Jeff, long time no see, man. Yeah, I've missed well, you. On the air, I guess. Yeah. You and I see each other like, I feel like once a week, it feels like. I feel like I got to text you like a, like a girlfriend <laughs> yeah. kind of thing because I miss you all the time. Yeah. Good how you, night. How you doing, Good man? Good morning. It's been a minute because you, in the past like six months, your life's kind of like, it's different. Much different. A lot's going on. A lot is going on. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I left proper to pursue uh, opportunity with one of my good friends, Steven, up at Old Town Cellars. Okay. Get into the wine game and help him. But you were in the wine game previous too, right? I've, you I've done wine? some work in Oregon yeah. you know, on like on um, doing harvests and stuff like that, but not like full blown into it. Okay. Um, always had a passion for it though. So I remember it was like August or at late Jan- no, July. It was July. You hit me up like, hey, you want to come bottle some of this wine? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and it was delicious. And here's a cool story before we introduce our guest that the wine that you were bottling was a wine company that I served at Sundance almost eight years ago. I, I never, it was a white of theirs. And I remember seeing it because it has the skis and the boots in the front of the, the bottle. Oh, yeah. And I remember it was a local, I'm like, oh, is local wine here in Utah? And as at Sundance, I was a Sundance, I was a part of uh, banquets and catering at Sundance. And I was pouring this and I'm like, I, have ne- I remember the first time I saw the bottle, white cap and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no idea what this is. We all tried some. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. This is local. <laughs> and we poured that. That was like our house wine for a long time. Yeah. Anyway. No. And then you were bottling the red, which yeah. was a special red, I believe. Yeah. Well, um, was it just the Mountaintown red? But it we was, got it back finally. But it was your, uh, your- Oh, it was one of my first blends that Stephen let me loose on. Yeah. And I- I didn't mess it up too bad, so oh, it yeah. seems to be selling. Well, you said and he didn't fire me over it, my, so we're my good. My thing is, you said he didn't fire me, and he went for a second glass. Yeah, so I was cool with it. it. Yep. So we're here at OTC, the new location. You have a special guest next to us. Go ahead and introduce that special guest. Oh, this is Stephen McKay with Old Town Cellars. He's the owner and. I guess. Presidente. The El Presidente. <laughs> Steven. Head more on in charge. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen. Cheers. cheers. Salud. Yeah, thank you. Happy uh, winter here. Yeah. Park Thanks City, for yeah. coming in. We got it. Into deal. the depths of Old Town. It's got a good note to it. That is Ooh, a glass is. and a half. Yeah. Good for you. Oh, yeah. We're drinking lovely wine. So we're talking about Jimmy just barely. Yes. Santangelo. And um, we did a wine tasting the night. And he brought... Um, two local whites or not local excuse me domestic whites mm-hmm. and then he brought this French red All that right. I was melting about and I couldn't remember I'll send you guys the label for it but I died and it was the best I you know how you, uh, Stephen went back for that second glass of the, your red it's like mm-hmm. I kept going back for it. can I revisit this wine please <laughs> oh yeah no, Jimmy's one of the the wine brains in yeah, Utah it was there's, few. there's few yeah, but he's, beautiful. he's the spearhead I think so Stephen this is your new location in Park City um, yeah, so we've been here for, well, we started OTC eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're down the street on, in Old Town, moved up here pre-pandemic. Um, and we are, uh, yeah, at 408 Main Street in a 19th century silver mining vault. So exposed some of the uh, drywall that was up before, um, kind of a throwback. So yeah. 
you know, no TVs. We're trying to really promote people talking like we are now and communicating yeah. and shooting the breeze, as Jeff says. Yeah, I love it. And this place is so cool. I mean, it was cool when I walked in the first time. It's even cooler now. And it has great stories behind it. Like you said, it was a, the silver mine, right? Yeah. The so vault. we have this little room called The Vault. Uh, it was a silver repository, 19th century. The town in this past has burned down a couple of times. So the foundation we have here is uh, 1898, post-fire. Um, and then there's a really interesting little like concrete plug in the wall as well. So stories I hear from just some of the old timers around here is that uh, this space was uh, speakeasy during Prohibition as well. Hey. And I kind of verified that I was walking around. I was going to a buddy's house up the street. And there's literally, I've been kind of joking about this for four years. I'm like, yeah, we went to an old church across the street. There's literally the old community church behind the first building across the street. Yeah, that's right. That's Interesting. Cool. Yeah, and when then some old, old friends, uh, fathers used to uh, live in the vault during <laughs> ski seasons, during rough times, and just a little space heater during ski seasons. So, a lot of a uh, lot of history in this building. I yeah, think. that's so interesting. That's yeah. fascinating. And then uh, this place has been taking how long to get ready to go? Uh, since the little water issue. Yeah, well, since you're bringing <laughs> up the water right issue, to it, right? let's, let's talk about it. it. Yeah. So it might when, be a desert, but there's a lot of history this last year. I, I want to hear about the, the water issue. Cause it's a cool story. Yeah. We're going to keep it a little clean, a little polite. Cause there's a lot of balls <laughs> you up say, in the air. You and, say cool story. Yeah. It's, not cool. it's a nice wet story. <laughs> it's juicy story. Now that it's wet. passed, it's, yeah, it's it, beyond it, moist. It can be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we, uh, we were kind of ripping and roaring through the pandemic and, and growing and a lot of, uh, local support. Um, sadly had a, a bit of a, a pipe issue, um, for the municipality that flooded the space, uh, three and a half feet of water and a bunch of mud and dirt. And so spent the, uh, the whole summer sort of digging out and rebuilding. And as you can see, and, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of an upgrade. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I wish that was secretly like a hot tub or, or a little pool in here, but I guess... I missed that. Well, that when one. he's young, it's a dry pool now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool, it steps though. up into the yeah into the cavern. And so, so one of my favorite things, and I was telling this earlier, is you know when I first got in the fermentation world, I was a wine like wine's what got me hooked, real and sinker. Like I, that's what what it was. And wine, man, when I had my first wine pairing at Sundance, this was probably 2012. Mm -hmm. I had that that wine pairing, and I'm just sitting like, oh my god, like this is. Yeah. Yeah, it was something different, and and I like I always joke with my wife, not joke, it's a real life. Uh, when I retire, I want to open a vineyard. There you go. You call that your Epiphany wine, right? Epiphany wine. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna steal <laughs> that. Just from you. sucked you in. You could do nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And I want to do that because Jeff and I were talking about uh, beer making, and beer making, we love it. It's in our blood. Mm -hmm. We do it. But something about wine, man, it's just different. It hits different. It's, it's just on a different level. It's just a completely different beast yeah. with all of its subtle nuances and what i always respected more about is like beer is turn and burn mm -hmm. wine you have to be a lot more patient and that's something i struggle with i don't know about you guys but i struggle with patience so i feel like wine is something i need to know it's like my zen i have to slow down and be patient for yeah. that that great product so steven you said for eight years you've been doing this Yes, yeah, Old Town Cellars. Uh, we started in March 2016, so wow. uh, pretty close to solidifying eight years and lots of fun obstacles, trials, tribulations, successes, yeah. failures. Um, but I think the cool thing is being able to literally blend the interesting dynamics of just the finesse and sophistication of wine with mountain culture, skiing, snowboarding, whatever it is. Um, as the official wine of Apre, just trying to really combine those two aspects and make it more presentable, more open, uh, yeah. more fun, less pretentious. So you're talking about the in the mountains. So you have this correlation with the mountains and the wine. Why? Um, been in the wine industry for a very long time. Um, been in hospitality since I was 15. Worked in local restaurants when I was skiing competitively. Uh, moved to New Zealand after my undergrad to study wine, but... Um, I don't call myself a winemaker. I'm not by any means. I'm not a grape grower. Uh, more of a wine marketer. Just trying to bring people together. Uh, we're blenders. We're negotiants. Um, so we're not fermenting in Utah. Um, we're just basically taking the best of what we can kind of get, blending it to our liking. Uh, with Jeff now as kind of the head blender and winery operations manager, and yeah, just trying to come up with some really cool stuff that. Um, I think just based on wine law in the States, it's still kind of the wild west. So we don't really have to follow the bylaws that say someone in France has to do right. or Italy. Mm -hmm. We can kind of still just do what we want, which is really cool. That's and the craft it in exciting. It too. Yeah. Um, so right now we're sourcing 
you know, barrels, bulk wine from the West Coast, blending different varietals, but really looking into kind of speaking to the heart of the Rocky Mountains and the Mountain West and starting to kind of churn up some contacts and conversations with yeah. people in Arizona, New Mexico, I Texas, Idaho, um, and do some really funky blends. But obviously with the, uh, the water issue, we're a little delayed on new projects. So ah, we're going to focus yeah. on what we have right like now. Like you said, trials and tribulations, right? Yeah. Wins and losses. It's uh, ebbs and flows. For yeah, it's part there of owning a business. Been, yeah. a lot, <laughs> right. been a lot of flow lately. <laughs> and then uh, we, you just mentioned uh, you being part of the mountains where you used to race, you said? Uh, I was a ski jumper. Ski so jumper. Nordic ski jumper. So not aerials, not flipping, that is but where the distance jumping. You and Clint Jones from Hero Valley yes. have the connection. Yeah, yeah. So I exactly. want to hear you got some some, um, some stories about Clint Jones? I've got a lot of stories. He probably has some more about me, but um, we'll keep it uh, on the up and up. Okay. Uh, Clint is was an amazing ski jumper. Olympian. I was let's just say I when I ski jumped, it was more like controlled free fall. Um, there wasn't a lot of like finesse and elegance to my style um so i beat up my body pretty good over 15 years but um 15 years you did it for yeah wow yeah just about how's your body holding up now i'm just curious um back is in shambles um knees are good though which is surprising yeah i thought the opposite i think your knees and then your back yeah you would think that i guess just genetically my knees are okay so you really were falling (laughs) (laughs) with finesse No, and Clint, when you interview him, he would attest to it. I was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Because Clint coached for a while, or he's still coaching. He was the director of, I think, USA Nordic for a little while. Wow, or that was Billy DeMong. Him, but, and, him um, and Greg, right? He was a great coach. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, his partner in Hebrew Valley Brewing, uh, Greg Poyer, was a coach, too. Yeah. Mostly Nordic combined, which is the combination of ski jumping and cross-country skiing, Just, which is a crazy sport. So you just basically take anaerobic, anaerobic sports and put slam it together. Wow. Those That's why those, are, those two guys are, are so nuts. young. Yeah, they look young. They're healthy and great guys. Yeah, I think you have. They're very sweet. You have a lot of guts to go off a jump up that big. I watch that. You know, when I see the Olympics and I watch that, I'm like, holy cow! Is it guts or stupidity? A little bit of both. Mm, mixture of both. Yeah. I, think. <laughs> I, yeah. think. I think stupidity actually. Just, they say that. Yeah. Five percent no. insanity. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. We'll just. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was a previous life. So different. Trying to like mellow it out. Nice. So do you still go game. on the mountains since you're here in Park City? Yeah, try to ski a couple times a week, um, just recreationally now, of course. And, yeah. Um, Alta, Deer Valley, Powder Mountain. Cool. Is the, is the go-to. Nice. Now the secret's out, obviously. Oh, that's, shit. That's gone. I mean, but. everyone go to Sundance. Yeah. Not <laughs> no, don't go to Powder the next Mountain. No. <laughs> don't stay at Sundance <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's the best. Oh, God. No, I think so. Kind of liking wine into uh, the ski world. It's, uh, someone was talking, I was trying to talk about beer making and wine making. I think beer making is like a snowboard. It's hard to learn, but easy to master. Mm-hmm. And then wine making's easy to learn, but hard to master. That was like, like skiing in a way. That's how I was talking about it. Someone, and I don't know if you guys, I want to know your guys' opinion on that. Do you guys think that's true? There's some type of like. Yeah, leave this one off, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know about that. You've I've never fermented wine. Um, I so feel like it'd be easier, but harder. But I don't know. The, master. The, the subtle nuances, what is an off flavor, what's not an off flavor, what are you looking for, how much time in the barrel, what's the tannin level. I mean, I think once you get it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just like any other trade, right? If you're in it long enough, like obviously things are going to click more, but yeah. I would wager that wine fermentation is a lot more difficult than beer. That's what I would wager. I mean, but granted, cleanliness, you have to be much more clean in a brewery than yes, a winery. Yes, you do. So there's the, there's the differences there. Like winery, you can get away with a little bit more cleanliness-wise. Beer, you can't make a, a mistake on that. No. And plenty of people. So maybe you, we, you we say attest. that it's, it's uh, you know, cooking normal food versus being a baker. Yeah. So baking and brewing, cooking, winemaking. I like that. Yeah. Maybe those correlations make sense. I don't know. I like but, that. It's better. Yeah. No, I think it would be more where where I'm, since I'm so new to the wine, um, my difficulty would come from that I would say personally is just training your palate in a different way. Right. Like, you know, what are we looking for? Um, what is the blend supposed to, you know, encapsulate, you know, what how are you wanting to, this to taste? What's right. the final product you're looking for? So you guys for? are blending. So how does like a blend work? I mean, you can't sit here and look at a blend and be like, that's 33% this and 20% this. I mean, it's kind of a variation, right? It's kind of like uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. How does blending work? 
I think it's, I mean, where we started was we would literally get in samples from all over the West Coast, blend things, go through the faults and flaws of certain wines. Like, this doesn't work for us. This does. This is more of a prototypical thing you would expect from that varietal, whether it be Cabernet Sauvignon or Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc. Um, and now it's kind of evolved into this uh, thing where it's not only we're blending from different uh, varietals from the same region, but also different regions. So mm-hmm. right now our Mountain Town White is 90% Sauvignon Blanc, uh, stainless steel fermentation, very acidic, dry up front, stone fruit, citrus notes, backed up by 10% Albarino out of Lodi. Um, our friend Foster Meeks with uh, Model Citizen Wines, pardon me, uh, made that wine. Um, and we're just kind of like throwing things together. And if my whole goal and ethos is if it tastes good and people like it, let's make it. But let's also make wines for ourselves that we want to consume and enjoy with our friends, family, uh, yeah. especially not during the holidays. Um, but it's really cool. Like, so a couple of people that have, it started with OTC, uh, one Foster Meeks now has his own wine label, Model Citizen, named after his grandfather because he would always argue with Foster about, you need to be a model citizen. <laughs> so a little play on that. that. And he's up and coming, making some great bubbles with his, uh, his friend uh, Abner. We call him Wabs. Was that the one we pulled out of barrel? Like when I was yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so doing that. Um, and then Piper Underbrink, um, who was with ODC day one. She now has Purvey Vineyards and Sierra Leone in Oregon. Oh, that's so cool. So it's kind of cool to see like two people that are a little bit younger than me, but now doing their own thing. Like that warms my heart. That yeah. People are like going out on their own. That's like, a huge I win. always love people to do that. Like yeah. come learn what you can with me. I don't have everything. No one does, but yeah. you know, just hopefully instill the fact that like the entrepreneurial spirit essentially. But that's a great instructor right there. When you see someone, your protege, if you will, go and fly past you, like go. Like I want like yeah, go, 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 go. Like that's yeah. I love that. I love that so much. I think they're doing better than me. <laughs> hey, and that's that's humility. And I think yeah, that's yeah. I think especially in our um adventure, what do you call this? Our, in our genre of fermentation that I feel like um, that needs to be more of it's a, a journey of a thing. You know, <laughs> you know I, Yeah, no, I mean I've a lot of industries, right? But like definitely alcohol industry comes with a lot of ego and people just need to put it aside and make sure that everybody flourishes. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in that. And that's why it has been very enjoyable to work with Steven because it's all about... How did you guys meet, by the way? I was washing his kegs at Proper oh. <laughs> for, for like three years. Yeah, He'd just come in, yeah, yeah. give me a case of wine and wash them. And then he'd pick them up and did that for like three years. And then when I was knowing I was leaving Proper... I reached out to him, was doing some part-time work, and then when I finally decided to pull the trigger and be like, okay, I need, to, I need a new adventure, um, called him right up, and then the job offer was the following week. Yeah. So it was, it was supposed to happen. Because like, we, we had some good talks during that, that mm-hmm. whole situation. Like, on my long break. <laughs> yeah, on your long break. It was a good time. I was finding and myself. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for taking on Jeff, because I think you scored a nice hand. Yeah, get out of here. Well, more than that, but like just the... I mean, level of care, execution, attention to detail. And that's Huge. Jeff Bunk. Yeah. I think uh, what Proper had at that time was uh, someone that gave a fuck about the smallest there things. It is. Like, it's just yeah. the little ones, you know? <laughs> it's just, you cared, man. You yeah. care. Every, every time I've known you, wherever you work, you put 110%. Now, because why else are you going to the place if you hate it? I mean, I've hated a lot of jobs, but it's, you know, then I look for something else, but yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be a shitty employee even if I don't like the place. Yeah. It's not in me. You know, very strict father. I, <laughs> um, was no, it the I, business I, end of the belt or the leather <laughs> end of the belt? I only got leather, well, by the way. I only got leather. Oh, I got buckle. Wow. Yeah. Can't wait to meet Pops. <laughs> you won't. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I love it. But I love talking about trauma. Yeah, right. <laughs> So on this episode, it's the of only Taste way Master, to get over it. <laughs> we're gonna open up the vault of the trauma. Right? So I have daddy issues too. <laughs> we all doesn't everybody. We all have daddy mm-hmm. issues. I love it. So then you guys made or you guys made each other through keg washing. Then you brought on Jeff. Right. Yeah, and it was then, like what um, Rebecca over at Proper mm-hmm. initially introduced us because you were kind of no, dealing no, no. with her. We, she we met at the old location first. You came in on date night years and years and years ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then and we met that night and you were asking questions. I was, I was and close it, by. I tied one on. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, we kind of conjured up the conversation about that's right, I help. Could. I don't know how to open or wash a keg, that's but people right. are demanding kegs of wine. So I forgot about that because I knew Rebecca was 
the primary uh, salesperson out in the market. So I did, I couldn't remember if she introduced us or if it was that way. But um, yeah, so then just Boom. took it on and has been I've been trying the wines ever from from that point on. Yeah, and that's the connections. Like like mm-hmm. that's the first time you had OTC wine, right? About three years ago. Yeah, I would say something about that, like yeah. three, four years ago. And then, Stephen, how many how many uh, varieties do you or how many uh, wines do you uh, produce here at OTC? We're right now about seven, eight, but um, those iterations change year to year, vintage to vintage, partnership to partnership. Um, in our Mountain Town Red blend, for instance, we've done right now it's Cabsov, uh, Mouvedre, and Syrah, but we've done Tempranillo, Malbec, Sangiovese. We've done a bunch of different fun reds in it. We're just trying to keep it um, really easy and fun. Just, you know, white, red, and rose, always under 20 bucks. Uh, retail sometimes on spa through the DBS stores, um, but never forgetting where we came from and just making really fun, approachable wines, apre wines at that level, sort of the, you know, entry level uh, experience for us. And then obviously we're getting into more of the more expensive varietals to make blend those expensive regions yeah. um, for some of the clientele that we're going to see here for the next four months here in Park City. That's really cool. Yeah. Are, you, uh, are you staying with blending in domestic wines or are you going further out? Oh man, I've, I'd love to do international wines. I just think sea freight would make it so Mm. non-economical for us at this point, being a small company that, uh, but yeah, to do a Slovenian wine or a Croatian wine or an Argentinian wine um, would be killer. And people have done that. I mean, the Wagners do that. Um, You know, Joe Wagner, uh, Camus, um, What's this? I think it's called Red Schooner, the one he did. It's Malbec. Mm-hmm. They basically freeze wow. the grapes, ship them overseas, and then ferment on site. But they could call it like basically like an Argentinian Malbec. Wow. So That's really cool, actually. Yeah. yeah. It, I there's a lot of I just think it's fun. I mean, I think the biggest thing that the wine industry primarily is lacking is transparency. Mm. Like, and that's why I say wine marketer, not a winemaker. I'm, we have fermented. We have picked our own grapes in the past. But it's gone to the point where the company's a little bit bigger. We're allowing our partners to do most of that keep in touch, great relationships. And we're, we kind of just, yeah, we're the negotiants. So we're kind of bringing it to market in a different way rather than just being a distributor. Yeah. We do have a part in the manufacturing and the production. We make the final decision on what blend we're going to make. Yeah. Um, but it's very much, you know, just trying to be authentic of what we do. It's very different. It's unorthodox for sure. A lot of people don't like it. Um, but a lot of people do. I think I, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, plenty yeah, of fun. Plenty of distilleries do that too. They, sure. they just do the blend kind of thing. I mean, it's in the same realm, but there's there's craftsmanship to it. There is, you know, and you have to be very selective of what you're bringing in. Shout out to our sponsors, Kings Peak Coffee Roasters. At Kings Peak, they take coffee seriously. Their beans are sourced with utmost care from sustainable farms worldwide, ensuring that each sip is a celebration of exquisite flavors. From captivating blends to captivating single-origin roast, their coffee selection promises to tantalize your taste buds and elevate your coffee game to new heights. King's Peak staff embodies the spirit of hospitality and passion for coffee. With smiles that brighten your day, they're always ready to guide you on an unforgettable coffee journey. From bean selection to brewing techniques, their knowledgeable baristas will happily share their expertise to help you find your perfect cup. Kingspeak is committed to making a positive impact on the entire coffee supply chain. With every purchase, you're supporting farmers and artisans, enabling sustainable practices and empowering communities around the globe. Together, we're nurturing a brighter, more inclusive future for everyone involved. Whether you're a coffee aficionado or a curious newcomer, Kingspeak is your welcoming sanctuary. Explore their wide array of coffees, accessories, and gifts, and let Kingspeak help you find the perfect fit for your unique taste. They're not just a coffee shop, but a community that embraces the joy of coffee and human connection. Join us at King's Peak Coffee Roasters, where coffee dreams come true. And when it comes to blending, are you guys trying to stick to like a two blend, a three blend? You go on sometimes like seven different grape varieties? I think now it's more like two, three, four. Um, You're not getting too crazy? 
it's, that it's grape will get manage. lost, yeah? It's yeah. To, yeah, grape would get lost at a small percentage. Like, why mm. are you putting 2% converged demeanor in? Like, oh, well, there's a spice Because I want to say that word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the reason yeah, why I put a fancy. Sound yeah. fancy. That'll be seventy-two fifty. Yeah. yeah, right. Jeez. Uh, there's a certain beauty and simplicity, and that comes with a lot of things, too. Right. Whether it be beer, spirits, wine, you know. Keep you can, it simple You can sometimes. find a lot of beauty in, in simplicity and, right. and what you can blend from that. If you get too crazy... You know, you add way too much, then everything gets lost. Yeah. And so it must, yeah, it's what's the point, you know? Yeah, exactly. And is there anything like this in Utah besides OTC? There's some vineyards and wineries down south, Moab, St. George area, for sure, that are okay. allowed for a while. Um, up here, though? There's no. nothing. I can't no. think of anything. And I'm surprised eight years into this. Um, Still that, nothing. Yeah. So what made is, you be the individual that's like, you know what? It's not here. I'm going to do it. Why'd you take this adventure on? I wanted to come home first and foremost, um, wanted to be in the mountains, um, living in New Zealand was, had its challenges, um, living in Southern California had its challenges and I just like a a bit of a slower paced environment, Hmm. um, which is changing here too. Uh, but yeah, just be able to get out and especially have access to mountains, national parks, um, whether it's dirt biking, mountain biking, fly fishing, whatever it is, like that you don't have to get on a plane to go do it, and you can drive a couple hours, worst-case scenario, I think is amazing. I think that's why more people are moving to Utah, of course. Um, it's a beautiful place. So I wanted to come back to that beautiful I place. I mean, no, Utah is not cool. No, I mean, sorry. Yes. No one come to Utah. Yeah. Utah no sucks. More. No more. <laughs> We're full. Yeah, sorry. The Mormons are getting back at it. You wouldn't like it. <laughs> we are all Mormon here at this table. Exactly. This is grape yeah, juice, so there's not nothing wine. in our glass. It was not fermented. <laughs> this is the blood of Christ. Speaking of the glass before it's empty, can we talk about this? Please do. Please. Um, we call it uh, Superior. Not that it's better than any other wine. Uh, I named it for Mount Superior. We're used to ski tour, awesome oh, little cool. Cottonwood Canyon, across from Melton, Snowbird. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sort of the last vestige of where OTC started. Um, so because of the pipe break, um, this is the one wine for six months we couldn't sell. We had no place to sell it. It wasn't listed in the DBS stores. Um, we had to work through, I don't know if the DBS is still working with that Symphony platform, the AI software that does saturation uh, and starvation reports. Yeah, they do. Blah, blah, blah. It's boring. Um, but... Mm. We basically took this $50 bottle of wine, dropped it to 30 to get it listed, and it's slowly trickling into the market. Mm-hmm. Obviously, always available at OTC, but um, this is back when we used to work, um, literally I'd pick my own grapes in the Umpqua Valley at a vineyard called uh, Cooper Ridge uh, in Roseburg, Oregon. That sounds so Beautiful, funny. idyllic view. Like, we could stay in the guest house right next to the crush pad. It was amazing. Wow. If we just helped. And so it was so cool. Um, Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. They sold it regardless. So we can't go back. We we're trying to do like a long term uh-huh. partnership, but that just, you know, oops. Um, <laughs> but this is, uh, yeah, sort of the last um, kind of iteration of where we started. We've got a bunch of it, don't we, Jeff? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. Like, like 400 <laughs> cases left. Yeah. <laughs> so come on by it. Um, Please come get it. But this is uh, Syrah, uh, Tempranillo, and Merlot. Uh, approximately 33% of each. We call it um, 2018, 2019, and 2020 vintages. Wow. Um, and then aged in different uh, barrels, whether new or neutral, all Hungarian, French, and American. So it's kind of like 333, three, three, rule of three. It's all these weird, funky things together. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. I don't know. What do you taste? You tell I me. I get a very smoky flavor. Okay. Like yeah, yeah. hella smoky. Yeah. Not smoke taint, I promise. Not smoke taint. No, no. No. There's no fires those years there. But it's like I get like a, like the tobacco smoke, like yeah. tobacco-y. It's got that leather, leather. To it. Yeah, I get kind of like the crushed, like dried fruit thing going on too. Yeah, like fruit leather. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a fun one. It's throwing a little bit of sediment now as it ages. Um, but yeah, thirty bucks a bottle. Yeah, that's really, easy. It's a steal. That is a steal. Yeah, smoky. Mm-hmm. I can't keep past the smoky, and then it's got like beautiful, not like a traditional smoke though. No, it's no, no, it's, it's odd. Yeah. But we were talking about Bing Cherry the other day too with Jess, mm-hmm. like, yep. which I didn't know was actually formulated in Utah. In Utah at Utah State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Bing Cherry, I think. I it's think a Utah. It's a yeah. Utah varietal. We learned that Morton Salt is from Utah. I learned Morton Salt was in KFC. Utah? Like, what, uh, what's yeah, going on here? It's funny. I mean, nothing cool comes from Utah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we stress this. Yeah, no. I like this a lot. I think uh, it's dry. It's. Um, it's got this nice fruitiness at the very finish, mm-hmm. but 
but not sweet fruitiness like that. Yeah. I bit into a tannin level is really nice. That it dries it out little, really fast. Like soft tannin in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What would you pair with it? What would you eat with it? What would you cook with it? I want red meat. Yeah. Like hell. I, I think in the Traeger smoke, the tri tip would be phenomenal. See, I'm going to go, I'm going to go elk. Elk. Ooh, yeah. Elk backstrap, mm-hmm. lightly backstrap. seasoned. Pheasant. Little, Pheasant would be good with this too. Ooh. Or pronghorn. Pronghorn. I've never had pronghorn. Oh my God. Pronghorn tenderloin. No. I think it's the only cut that literally just like some Himalayan sea salt, Boom. just a crack of pepper. That's it. See, I think succulents to the nth degree. Pepper would be great with this. I'm trying to think of some yeah, vegetables. Pepper. What kind of vegetables would Arugula would be nice with it. Arugula. Got that peppery note. I want some, uh, I'd, I'd want go, some red, I want some red onion with this one. I'd go roasted Cooked. parsnip. Roasted parsnip. Wow. Yeah. Just to counteract the, the slight dryness. My slight, wife would love slight a, Parmesan Brussels sprouts too. Parmesan would be great. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. God. And then uh, it. I'm getting dark chocolate. Eighty-three yeah. to eighty-five percent. Eighty-three. Eighty-three. Dark you guys chocolate. think I'm fucking do? Nope. No. Go to Harmons. We, oh, I've seen from, it. From seventy-eight to eighty-five, that's our jam. I and made a I made a beer with it once, on and, it, right now. and it wasn't that great because it was too dark chocolate. I oh yeah. See, I was like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> this is too bitter <laughs> now. This. So the Stephen, what's some uh, future endeavors you have for the OTC? Because you've been going for eight years strong. Yeah. So what else do you have? What else is uh, um, still untouched? Yeah, we're thinking, uh, you know, Jeff, we've been talking quite a bit. I think we're going to try and get in the, uh, the sparkling bubble game here pretty soon. Um, Don't have a, have a client that wants to do a custom bottle. Can't name names yet, but um, more, yeah, probably Blanc de Blanc. I don't know if we want to do Chardonnay. If we can find Gruner Veltliner and uh, yeah, Riesling, I but would, dry, that'd yes. be really fun. I think marketable. What was that green, that G word you just used? Gruner. Ah, Gruner. I'm not familiar with that. Austrian. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Gruner Weltliner. Weltliner. Austrian origin. Austria and Germany make awesome Riesling. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm such a fan. Some of them are too sweet, but... um, I feel like it's a good introductory wine for people. The sweeter wines. Yeah. I think it's fun. I mean, obviously, like, I'm not pronouncing it like any... Buddy that speaks the actual language does, but um, Gruner's always spoken to me. And you, you pair Gruner with a schnitzel. Oh my god! Ooh, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. do that next time. Yeah, Grunschnitz. That, I mean, that's the label. Grunschnitz. Grunschnitz. I love that name too. Yeah, yeah. I would really like to see us do that because they are fun, and you can keep the price point accessible to everybody. And you know, come the hotter months, you could crush so much of that. Yeah, and, and it's it's just fantastic. That's like you got your yard beer. This would be your yard wine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyday wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Bubbles. we've also talked about the crazy idea of like taking top tier grape juice and selling it into this market. Yeah. Just non alcoholic. Like a non alcoholic like grape, grape juice. Why not? I think, yeah. and especially in the beer scene, I know non alcoholic is trying to take a. I think big just in jump. general, I mean, you hear of like mocktail bars and stuff yeah. like that. I just. People are being a lot more so when I have smart about their offer consumption. Offer a mocktail mm-hmm. sort of wine, a non-alcoholic wine. Yeah. yeah. Just grape juice. A higher-end grape juice. Yeah. Less sweet. Could you somehow take out the sweetness? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not harvesting at high bricks, you know, harvest early. Mm-hmm. Keep the acid structure super high. Um, I think we'd probably not de-alkalize the wine after, but just just take the juice and, and stabilize it. Pasteurize it. Yeah. If you need to. But right. I think... I love this. I don't know. We'll see. Well, you, should, you push it just, through, the, you push it through the filter, too. You could probably pull out enough that it wouldn't re-ferment in the bottle. Well, oh, I've also made that hopefully. mistake. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't having bottles pop on shelves, but it was close. Uh, oh, boy. In, that, in the inception days. Mm-hmm. That's not a fun thing to clean up. No. Especially well, if you're wearing white. Is like, this is why I'm not a winemaker. I was using the wrong filter when we first started. Hmm. So I was not eliminating residual sugar and yeast. Yeah. And so we were creating CO2 and more alcohol. Little and bombs. Mini bombs. Mm-hmm. Little mini yeah. bombs. Yeah. Nothing a little wrong bit. With that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like glass just flying everywhere. Bow. 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 My eye. <laughs> I mean, my vision. Atmosphere wasn't that high, but, you know, it was close. Yeah. <laughs> it just looked awful on the bottle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Just all that schmutz at the very bottom. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. But look at you now. So what would Steven say now to eight years ago, Steven? Don't, a, don't do it. That's a great, that's a great question. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Um, uh, I don't know. Other mm. than slow down. Slow down. Slow down. 
But look enjoy at, it, observe yeah. it, listen mm. to mentors, listen to people around you a little bit more. Um, obviously, it's a high-paced environment, just alcohol in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having a bar on Main Street, and sometimes you get a little bit lost with what the priorities are uh, in life. Yeah. Um, I think step away from it a little mm. more. More often. Balance. Yeah, more often. Balance your life a little more. The yin and yang, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, travel more. Mm. Um, so those are the goals for the future. I love this. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, we're coming up with a new year here soon. But also, so. I mean, if we're going to start talking a little shit. Um, <laughs> Always. I am not going to back back to working in hotels by any means. Hey. No. I did my time. I wore a suit for 10 years. Um, and this is fun. And there's, there's rules. Um, but the rules are, I don't know. It's a pretty laid back environment for people. I, anyone working the bar, I mean, if they don't, if they don't feel it now, they should really take an inventory and realize how sweet you kind of have it. Cause it is a very, um, good ownership, good crew, pleasant. And people like to spend money up in park city. You're doing okay. You yeah. Know? So it's a good environment. It's We're a great environment. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Key word. Well, yeah. And you walk into the joint and it's like, why wouldn't you want to oh, sit here? Like, I mean, if I lived close enough in walking distance, I'd, I'd tie one on here just because would I be would my, just be sitting here all day. So what I like about this environment is it's not uh, that club scene. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I think us three are past that partying club. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, but I want to come in here, enjoy myself with my partner or some friends, colleagues, if not, I can come and read a book. I can do some journaling. I can do whatever yeah. here. Meditation. This is a m- almost meditative kind of a state, but it's, it's got the elegance where I want to come back and I want to be here. Like this is, I like, this is my vibe right now. This thank you. Thank you. I have not heard one person not walk in the door and go, Oh, it's so beautiful. Mm. It's like, yeah, it is. Yeah. The it only is. thing it's missing is an espresso machine. You really? want an espresso machine? In, in the morning, oh. I come here. Before <laughs> when, when you're opening it up. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, we, could, we could make we'll the vault the your permanent we'll, studio. We'll put, we'll put the Keurig in the back for you. No, 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 no. I am the, <laughs> I'm the Keurig. Yeah, you don't get your espresso. You get Keurig, a Keurig. Keurig drinkers are like toilet paper users. <laughs> like, you get a bidet and get an espresso machine. You'll be done with it. All right? Enough said. Well, I am a toilet paper user, and Jess has a Keurig for us. I love you both, but... <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> I, I know. I keep trying to get her to see the light. She won't. Keurig, anyway, I'm not going to this. That's, a, that's a, another episode from the day. Slippery. Yeah. Slippery slope. So, Stephen, are there any things that, uh, like collaborations you want to do in the state? Is there collaborations you can do as a wine facilitator in Utah? I, don't I know, mean, we collaborated kind of with uh, Jeff when he was a proper for a few mm-hmm. things. Barrels. Carcosa was um, aged in, yeah. in OTC oh, barrels. Don't bring up Carcosa. I, fucking... I aged everything in his. Well, I aged two barrels because that was in Merlot the, uh, barrels. Merlot, or was it? And they were OTC. Did you have a Cab Sauv barrel too? <clears throat> uh, four clean Pinot barrels to two wild barrels of OTC Merlot. Gotcha. And wow. then the Cab one was for a monolith. I did one year. Okay, so you did. It. I remember Cab somewhere in there. Yeah, Cab was for that. I loved your blend when you blended at proper. That was just mad scientist. I loved it. It was. I, and I, I hope. I hope the. The employees there take care of my uh, my barrel aged beers. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because <laughs> they're mm-hmm. they're in there, and I have yet to see any of them come out. Yeah, I would we'll like to try them. It'd be cool to see what happens with that. But yeah, or I'll, who takes over, takes the reins, and really because right. it's fun. You yeah. Know? Besides, and I have my eye on Saxton. Seems like he's the one that's going to take that over. Yeah, we'll see. So be interesting to see what he does. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it'd be cool to come to the product with someone that took care of it prior to, and then be able to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of nice, and I would love to help him out at any point and show them what they're doing. But um, yeah, so that was, I, and I, there was still enough wine left that I basically inoculated the wild with the wine for wow. that Carcosa. So wow. it was OTC wine. And I love that one that grew it, dude. It was so good. That was a fun one. Wow. You guys, you guys know uh, Ryan at Soulfire too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Ryan years Miller. back when we still had um, our little vineyard in Umqua Valley, I remember like throwing some grapes in a tote mm-hmm. and just dry icing and gassing it and bringing it back in my truck. I think it was it was called Serafina, mm-hmm. his spontaneous fermented oh, yeah. like the wine beer hybrid. Yeah, we have a, which is still available at Saltfire. Yeah, we have a bottle it's of twenty dollars warehouse. Yeah, it's, just, it's still it's, there. It's yeah, wild. Yeah. It's yeah. 
I can see it going through its peaks and valleys and trying it right now. Yeah, it's got a lot of character. But you talk about collaborations like wine and beer together. Mm Kind of cool. Yeah. Which you're at Ketos now, right? Correct. What are you doing there? What's crazy things? I just did a uh, collaboration show. This is a collaboration with a, a cider maker, a cider place. So right. Second Summit Hard Cider. Okay. They brought juice in from Montana, fresh pressed juice. The next day it showed up on my doorstep and we put it in a beer. So it was 51% malt and then 49%, so 108 gallons of juice, freshly pressed juice. It was 95% Honeycrisp apple juice and 5% Macintosh apple juice. Nice. And then I used local malt from Sosa's Malt over there in Salt Lake. Uh, the caramelized wheat threw it in there, a little bit of churro. I liked it a lot. It's really cool. I mean, there's things that it was my first like go at it kind of yeah. thing. The first, their first collaboration, and it it's been selling like hotcakes. There you go. And it's really cool to it's see that. It's just draft, kind of right? Thing. Yeah, draft only. Gotta go in there and try it. I haven't tried yeah, it yet. Five percent. Uh, it's at four locations right now. It's gonna be. It's at Keto's Second Summit, Craft by uh, Scion Cider Slack Bar, water. and then uh, not Slackwater, uh, Craft by Proper. Nice. Oh, they put it on there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Very so cool. it's really cool to see that. But like, I would love to. Do some funky shit with uh, you yeah. guys. It'd be really cool. Because I have to do, eventually, when I the fires are all out, I can do more barrel stuff. Sure. Because I came into a barrel program. And Kitos does really good uh, Imperial Stouts, and they have some a lot of barrels. And I'd like to see, I, w- I want to do more barrel work. That's my... Yeah, let's do it. I had two endeavors before I took Kitos. So like, I want to learn the packaging side. I've never done production. I never knew how to can... I didn't know how that worked. I watched Jeff do it and lose his mind over it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's uh, something that's it's doable, but it's, it's tedious. But I can sit here and make the best beer in my entire life. I can baby that beer all the way up into canning it. If you fuck up the canning process, well, it's your done. Work's done. It's yeah. done. Like, I think production is just as important, if not more important than the hot side. I think the brewing aspect, it's kind of the sex appeal. I think you make the beer, so you're, you're the sick. rock star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I'm trying to shut that down at Keto. It's like, yeah, sure, I'm the head brewer, but I I don't, we're all the family. That's what I call it. We're yeah. one family. We all do the same things. I'm going to clean toilets. I'm going to load kegs, uh, keg wash, do all of it, mm-hmm. just like the rest of you guys will. Like, mm-hmm. we're all doing it. And I want to see how that's going to keep going, you know? And the barrel thing's the next thing I want to do. I'm not familiar. I know how to do a barrel. I know how to work a barrel. I was taught properly, um, but I want to do. I want to do my barrels and my. I want to do like it's Jeff stuff. Like I want to blend. I want to know. I want to get certain barrels. I want to fuck with them. I want to. I want to funk up some. I want to anyway. Yeah. Do some weird stuff, not just dark beers though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-uh. no, no. Dark beers are overplayed now. You got to play with other. Well, shit. I mean, speaking, of, I have a salt and pickle beer. That's at Keto. Oh yeah, that's and uh, everyone. If you don't like pickles, like it's like I'll never have that beer. But that's the only beer I drink right now. It's because pickle it's, beer. It's the most hydrating beer in Utah. Yeah. I love that. It's got electrolytes. Juice, electrolytes, <laughs> salt, a little bit of vinegar. Let's, oh. let's bring that oh. in for uh, pre-apre. You know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when when the pickle jar is done with the pickles, I drink all that pickle oh, yeah. juice because it's the most fantastic taste. After a workout, it's the best. Oh, yeah. And after you've ever like a <laughs> Summit beer, mm-hmm. that beer, the salt and pickle beer, is the best beer because mm. it's just crushable. You should have brought one of those. Yeah. I should have. I apologize. The next hell, time. Man. That's all right. I'll see you guys next yeah. week. <laughs> no, but collaboration would be really cool. And I think you should reach out uh, to more brewers or distilleries. I think I would I would love to see a gin in whatever barrel, like put a barrel of the red in a gin. Ah, oh, man, my mind goes all yeah. the botanical on it. Really cool. I would really like to do a cognac with like a distillery. That would be Ooh, fun. Yep, there we go. It would be really fun. Yeah. So I think you guys have potential because you're the only wine... I don't know. I don't know more, more wine people in Utah. I like this. And the ones that I mean, are down south kind of stay down south. I don't really see too much of them up here. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, there's people. I mean, obviously, Evan Lewandowski left a couple years ago. He was doing, uh, I think, spontaneous ferments uh, from California grapes Damn. in South Salt Lake. But it's been about, I think, three, four years since he and his uh, business partner, Morgan, I think, are out back in California, but they're still distributing in the States. Those mm. are awesome natural wines. Damn. Super cool. What was you it called again? It's called Ruth Lewandowski Winery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Evan's spot. Um, you That's can't cool. miss him. It's got a Utah label and then like a dead animal upside down on the labels. Um, they're dead super animal. cool. Really funky varietals. I think they're doing um, Trousseau. Uh, 
Oh, that's fun. I think they've done a Gruner. I don't know. But um, I didn't. Speaking I of, had no idea about this. I want to try it yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he left for you know taxation purposes. We're taxed heavily in the state of Utah when it comes across the board. Um, hopefully that changes. Um, I think you know if, if the state would realize that if they tax us less uh, up to front, we can grow our brands, grow our business, and create a bigger tax base over time rather than being sort of suppressed. Hmm. Um, Fascinating. Yeah. Um, but speaking of collaborations, outside of beverage, really cool partners we work with. Um, so I'm sure you guys are familiar with Phil Grubisa at Beltex Meats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rockstar, guy from Miami, loves his Cubanos, I think, on Saturdays. Um, but also yeah, the master butcher that we all it. know Jimmy about. sauce all day long. Mm-hmm. So we have his charcuterie boards here, mostly mm-hmm. salami salumis. Um, yeah, they're awesome. Don't have a hot kitchen, so we do that from the meat side of things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Fernando uh, Chavez at uh, Gold Creek Farms at Woodland, Utah. And I think a lot of people don't know about Fernando, but he's... Oh, he's the man. He's a master yeah, chef, coolest guy on the planet. Um, been he, making cheese since 2009. Has gold, won every gold award. medal winning cheese. Yeah. He I has want. all the awards. Then a friend told him, like, hey, you didn't do this to make, you know, you get all the awards. Like, do this to make cheese. Mm-hmm. But they have their own cows out there in Woodland, grow their own alfalfa. Uh, and they have a laser guided udder system where the cows have sensors on their udders. When the, the, the udder gets full, it'll like buzz the cow and they'll walk in and get milked by laser. Nobody has they to milk, milk them. milk themselves. Mm-hmm. What? Isn't yeah. that wild? No. So we do his cheese boards here too. Yeah, and that cheese. When do you yeah. offer those cheese boards? Uh, anytime we're open. Mm-hmm. So we've got cheese seven days a week uh, through the winter. We're and doing the pairing, cheese pairings. The pairing that yeah. we do, which is really fun. So we'll do a flight, and it'll be you know our Mountain Town White, our Rosé, yeah. our um, Pinot, the Superior, and the Outlaw. And you get a cheese for each of those, yeah, or a truffle. Mm-hmm. But the cheese, his truffle cheese is so amazing. Yeah, and the last so, one is, is Bobby. Um, mm-hmm. Opened her own patisserie making these bomb chocolate truffles. Oh, wow. They're amazing. So we're doing like, yeah, so for instance, I'm just going to go with my favorite, but the Perpetual Pinot Noir, which is all 2021 Russian River Valley fruit, 5% mm-hmm. Syrah, a little bit lighter, a little more astringent, a little more red fruit drive, doing that with a truffle cheddar from Fernando. So good. Which needs to be under lock and key because that's why I'm 20 oh, pounds okay. overweight right now. <laughs> um, and then Bobby at Honeybees, who used to be a pastry chef at Deer Valley for years, started her own gig, makes this beautiful milk chocolate raspberry infused truffle. So you do the savory, oh, the sweet with the wine. Yeah. It'll blow your mouth. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So yeah. this is offered at OTC here at Park City. It is. Seven yep, days yeah. a week. Yep. yep. That's our menu on that. Yeah. Holy so we'll do God. flights from 12 to 3 p.m. through the winter um, just because we'll get overwhelmed with Apres Ski. Um, but do private tastings and mm-hmm. got a lot of fun options. Obviously, and if you want to do like an individual, spirits. we offer, okay, you want a glass of the Pinot and you do want to try the cheese. Sure. You can also do that. We just cut out the flights to save the glassware. Right, right. <laughs> and then uh, can I do events here? Can we do events here? Yeah. Anytime? Yeah, we Power do events. private events. Um, we do rent out the small vault uh, up to 12 people. Um, that vault's it, dope, by the yeah, way. It's, it's a cool really little cool. spot to have a drink and just kind of shoot the breeze with Hang the friends. Out, yeah. With the mm-hmm. history. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, fun little stories. And then obviously the space is, is easily uh, rentable for business meetings. Uh, we've done weddings before, like yeah. the full-blown wedding, like smaller weddings. Like oh, we've no done way. it from start to finish. We've done like three of those over the last eight years, which I never thought we'd do one. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's subjective. And it's a beautiful I think spot it's, uh, to do it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Park City is gorgeous. I mean, yeah, this time Park of year City. with the snow. Right. And then you come in here and it does have that speakeasy vibe where you're underground. You know, yeah. with the rock walls and everything. So where can we purchase or get a hold of OTC outside of just Park City proper? Yeah, most of, um, there's a lot of restaurants obviously supporting us, but if you're looking for a bottle, um, the DABS stores, uh, services not control these days, as we say. We call, <laughs> call it DABS. Mm-hmm. Um, DABS. DABS is offering our bottles uh, across their portfolio of uh, liquor control stores. Um, usually, I think we've got uh, four or Four general listed, what white, yep. red, rosé are always under twenty bucks. Sometimes on spot seventeen ninety nine. Sapir's slowly trickling out there, um, and then we've got That's Shard, Pinot, Outlaw, mm-hmm. Cab out there too. And again, so. that Outlaw is yeah. naughty. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Thank you. I Thank love you. that Outlaw. Yeah. It's really good. And then we got a couple of special library wines up here um, at four hundred eight. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you're cool and you like to just chat and talk wine, we'll bust out some fun stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really think this. I mean. Steven, this, this place is cool. I like this vision you have. I think it's finally coming together. It's a really cool space. Uh, thanks for having us. Thanks for wanting to talk. Thank and, you. And thanks for yeah. 
always being so kind, man. You've just been nothing but just, no wonder Jeff and Clint like you. I like you too. <laughs> You're a good guy, man. Well, we Thanks. soften out as we get older, right? I guess so, right? Yeah, yeah. we should. <laughs> but I mean, Jeff, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I have a little Freud and Freud of you uh, <laughs> having uh, found this, this gig. This is really cool. Yeah, I'm no. glad you do this because I've seen a different light when you're here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. It's cool to see how you're like, your passion's ignited again, you know? Oh, very much so. You know, it's like nothing against prop or anything, but when you do production for so long, it kind of grinds your wheels down to sure. a point where you're just, you're tired. And, you know, I wanted to do that. And again, that's no fault of the company. That's just me over time. Just right. a lot of work. And, you know, you can do that for so long before right. everybody has the point of like, um, tired i think anyone would right but <laughs> yeah I, I remember, absolutely and that's just how that industry yeah. is it's no fault of any particular brewery it's just it's a grind you know it and and it'll wear people down um so to find this where you can kind of catch your breath we're still producing we're still doing this but also it's a it's been able to teach me how to prioritize when i'm off i'm off because i gotta catch my breath and right. then having steven here to be yeah no you're off don't worry about it yeah. And that's beautiful. You know, it's a good, it's a good kind of partnership in that way where it's like, you take care of me and I will take care of you. I love that. Mm-hmm. And gentlemen, whatever you guys need and however I can facilitate that or help in any way, let me know. I'm here. I'll come run the bar. I'll, I'll host an event. I'll do I'm whatever. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, you should. I, I totally will, <laughs> homie. I will, I will be your whatever you want me. It's actually, <laughs> it's, it's pretty damn fun to hang it's out. It's so back cool. There, you know, and I want to bring Holly up, my wife, because mm-hmm. she would love, this you is her vibe. To, have yeah. to. I have to. Jess yeah. is serving up here a couple nights a uh, week. Yeah. And yeah. she's loving it. I you bet. Know, so that's yeah, a good time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Steven, is there anything you want us to know about OTC before we leave today? I think we kind of covered it. I think it's just a fun, um, yeah, no hot kitchen, but it's just, you know, apres ski, pre-dinner, post-dinner, come grab a drink, come shoot the shit with us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of a laid back uh, spot to have a conversation. And we kind of joke that we're the local concierge. Uh, on Main that. Street, so I love that. you don't need recommendations on anything in town, whether you're from here or not. Go to OTC Usually, first. somebody's uh, got an answer for you. Mm-hmm. So. Love it. Thank you for the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And on that note, my friends, let's go uh, refill and talk some more shop. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Mm-hmm. Cheers, friends. Right on, man. another episode of the tastemasters find us on instagram at the underscore tastemasters twitter at the tastemasters or on facebook as the tastemasters like share subscribe dm us for any questions or leave a review tell your friends and thanks for listening produce and recorded at fuse audio give them a follow at fuse underscore audio